Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. One theme that comes up at several points in Plutarch's work on controlling anger is that of tyranny. And it'll come up in several different ways. And we should say, first of all, what does tyranny actually mean? Because that's a word that gets thrown around quite a bit by people in the present. And it's used in a somewhat different way in ancient Greece than it tends to be used today, where there's some connection, but there's also some important differences. So a tyrant isn't just somebody who happens to have power or tells you what to do. A tyranny was a particular bad form of government in ancient Greece, where you had one person who somehow took power. They might have been a demagogue. They might have come in with forces and conquered a place, and they established themselves as the sole ruler. And actually, Aristotle provides us with a very nice way of distinguishing this from a traditional monarchy. The tyrant governs for their own benefit. They are primarily interested in holding power and the things that it will get them, and they rule arbitrarily. They don't govern for the good of other people within the society, except for those who are willing to be the yes-men or the butt-kissers for the tyrant to tell them that what they're doing is a-okay. And we see that not only does Aristotle condemn tyranny, this is also a big problem for Plato. He thinks that the tyrant is in some respects the worst of all people, lacking self-control, using the entire society essentially to benefit himself rather than everybody else. So when Plutarch is likening anger to a tyrant, there's all of this background stuff built into it for the audience that he's writing to. And he tells us that anger is overbearing and stubborn and altogether difficult for anyone other than itself to move. And here's where the tyranny part comes in. He says that it's like a well-fortified tyranny. And how so? Well, we should pause on that for a moment. Anger is like a well-fortified tyranny. It is difficult to budge. You can fight against the, the tyrant, but the tyrant is probably going to win unless it has, as he says, it must have its destroyer, the one who is going to bring down the tyranny. In Greek, it's kataluon, the undoer, the bringer down to nothing of the tyranny. So it has to have its destroyer, as he says, either born, sungenos, or bred, sunoikon, literally in the same household as the tyrant him or herself, right? So if anger is a tyrant, we need something else that's within that spectrum. And it's actually going to be something else within the soul, namely reason that we're training up to take care of anger, to destroy the tyrant, to assassinate the tyrant, perhaps we might even say. And so that's the first reference to tyranny. And then he's going to talk about destroying tyranny once again in a little bit further on as well. So he's going to tell us that destroying 
destroying anger, you know, like a tyrant within ourselves. Otherwise it would rule and it would rule capriciously, arbitrarily, not to our benefit, but just being driven by its own passion. And he tells us that the first way to, nice translation here, dethrone or to destroy temper as you would a, a tyrant is not to obey or to listen when it starts giving us orders. And the Greek here is pathosai, me pathosai, don't obey, don't listen to it. Hupakuen, akuen is to hear, and hupakuen is to like hear and obey. So these are kind of synonyms for each other. When anger is telling us what to do, or literally setting things up for us, pros tachontos. So tachain is to arrange, to order, and it comes to be used for giving orders and pros tachontain in relation to something. So when anger is trying to boss us around, you could say, and making us bossy in the process, then if we want to dethrone it, we don't obey or listen. And you know, it's kind of funny because you could say, well, if you don't obey the tyrant, then the tyrant is going to use his guards or his military forces against you or he'll kill you with a sword or whatever he's going to do. He'll put you to the torture. And yes, when we're dealing with political life, you do have to be worried about tyrants doing things to you. But if you think about yourself, why do you let Thumos anger, temper, why do you let it boss you around? Why do you allow it to tyrannize over you? Plutarch is saying we actually shouldn't do that. The next reference to tyrants has to do with the, as it's being translated here, the butcheries. The word is actually coming from the word for killing or uh, murder, in this case, miaiphonias. And so he says that tyrants in their butcheries, they show certain qualities to us. He says in the butcheries that tyrants engage in their meanness or littleness of soul, their mikropsuchia, right? Their smallness of soul, the being focused on things that don't really matter that much is displayed in their cruelty, in, in the ways that they behave, and their perverted state, as he says, in their actions in the things that they actually do. So tyrants show themselves as being, you could say petty would be another word for small soul and messed up as we would say in the present. Now, this is what makes people kind of dangerous when they get angry. And so he's going to generalize from this to say in weak souls, in people who don't have their, you might say their, their things together. He says that just as with the flesh, a swelling results from a blow. So with the weakest souls, the inclination to inflict a hurt on somebody else to injure them in some way, to pain them in some way. In Greek, hey prosto lupestai, right? To hurt somebody, to make them feel pain. This inclination to hurt is what produces the flare-up of anger or temper, of thumos in this case. So tyrants, because they are messed up individuals, are very liable to get angry. But anybody else, 
else who's got a disordered soul is likely to get angry as well. So, you know, he gives you some examples. Most prone to anger are the miser with his steward, right? So a miser is somebody who wants to hoard wealth. The steward is the person who's in charge of the household and the miser gets angry with them very easily. The glutton with his cook. The glutton is somebody who has a weakness for the pleasures of food and drink. They get upset with their cook. The jealous man with his wife, the conceited man when he has been maligned. And then he quotes Pindar saying, the worst of all are men who court too eagerly ambition in the town. Manifest is the pain that they bring in like manner from the pain and suffering of the soul caused generally by weakness. There arises the outburst of passion. And so, you know, we don't necessarily need to be a political tyrant in order to tyrannize over other people. We just need to have this kind of, you know, weakness, these trigger points of the things that we really value, even though they're not that important, and to be badly off in relation to them. This leads us to another consideration where tyrants aren't actually coming up in word, but we can think about the danger of ourselves becoming tyrannical with other people. So, Plutarch is going to say, we actually need to learn how to control our anger with who? With the people who are vulnerable to us precisely because we have power over them, this exousia, right? This capacity to determine things. And because of the power that we have, the capacity, others are not going to get in our way when we're doing the things that we shouldn't do, getting angry when people otherwise might oppose or prevent us. And he says that under the influence of this passion, the pathos of anger, you will screw up. You will err. Hamartiton is the Greek there. Hamartia is the word for sin. It's also the word for error. It's the word for screw up. And even blemish can be hamartia as well. So because of the influence of the passion of anger, unless we do something to stand in the way of it, we are going to allow it to extend out there to people who are vulnerable to us. So he actually says here that we need to encompass it or gird it around with a value or a virtue. That of gentleness, prautes, is the word for the quality of not getting angry or directing one's anger properly. Sometimes translated as mildness, meekness, gentleness, good temper. So if we don't encompass the passion with that, we're likely to become tyrannical in our expression of anger, particularly in this case, towards those who are our servants or even slaves, those who are connected to us and over whom we have power. The last thing that he says about this that's very interesting is that we should hold out against the pleas or the criticisms of spouse and friends who are saying, oh, you're being too easy on these people. You're not getting angry when you ought to. What's the matter with you? You're not a man, right? That would be the sort of refrain. And the worry there is, well, you're going to spoil these people. And Plutarch is saying, you know, 
That's not a good thing to give into. You're allowing somebody else to talk you into behaving like a tyrant to these poor people that are just trying to make a living, are just trying to get by. And so there's a lot of ways in which we can allow anger itself to become a tyrant or we ourselves can become tyrannical. The goal would be to destroy it, to bring it down, to end that regime and to replace it with something better, namely the virtue of praotes or good temper, gentleness, mildness, whatever it is that we want to call it as a substitute for anger's tyranny. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.